the overarching theme for today is scamming in Singapore. Yeah, you can make a living being a scammer in Singapore. <laughs> Stop it, we have government clients. <laughs> it's true. Okay, okay, let's go through the, the... We have three cases we want to talk about, right? So the first case is... Yeah, so the first case is the ComfortDelgro one where this teenager found a loophole in the app and he actually managed to get away with booking like $2,600 worth of taxi rides for no money at all. For his crime, uh, he could have been jailed up to 10 years and fined up to 50000 right? But he was... Uh, he was under, he was a teen, so he was sentenced to one, one year, year of reformative training. I don't know whether that means he's locked in there and he cannot go out or he has to clock in, clock out every day. I mean, I don't know what that means also. I, I gotta say, he, it was quite willful because it actually is quite a manual process to have cheated the app. Like basically, he, I think he booked the ride using his debit card and then... I think while en route or something, he would have to drain that account of all funds. Yeah. So he actually started out by like purchasing stuff so that there will be $0 in his account. And after he realized, hey, a simpler way is to just transfer all the money. And it works like, all the way. So I think maybe the punishment was quite harsh, but it's also because it was, it was like he had to do it many times. You know, it's not like he did it once. It's like each, each time you have to willfully transfer money out of his yeah. account. Yeah, he knew what he was doing, like, basically. It was not like, oh, you know, like I did a few times. I did like 117 times. And he even went as far as to sell um, like cat rights online and in like telegram groups or something so he people will he will tell people like for example the the trip is usually about 15 dollars so he will sell it for like 10 dollars and then he will book the right for the person and collect the 10 dollars from the person and he'll keep that for himself so basically it is fraud lah. so he did break um laws uh i think yeah. one law one law so he that's why he's being um sentenced lah, but he's a teen lah. so thankfully like if he's 18 then he probably might even be in prison if if you're wondering how they found out, it, I mean, I have to say the bank's quite alert. La. It was a bank that actually yeah. let ComfortDelgro know, I think, because like, there's this person who's always putting money in and taking it out, so it was a bit um, suspicious. So, I mean, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on it? He's quite smart. Uh. <laughs> I mean, he's a teenager. Okay, so when I read this, I was like, ayayala, you know, it's, he's, he's so smart but so stupid at the same time. Right? He's so smart that he found this loophole and he's so smart that he understands the economics of scaling and he actually sees an opportunity to make money and scale with it la. but he's not smart or not wise enough to realize that he's actually breaking a law and the consequence is high uh, but if you look at if you if this is something that happened to my kid right i would think that yes i there's a lot of education i need to do but i also think that wow this my kid has like an entrepreneur fire in him and that's i mean because it's uh, as long as you don't break a law if he found this out and he doesn't break the law and he basically uses it like that's what businesses are about well, that's how you make money basically right where you find opportunities and openings and gaps that doesn't mean he didn't do anything wrong but I'm saying that he needs to be placed in the right direction but it's not all bad lah. that's my, my point of view wow actually Andy you're really very liberal I realise no lah like, he is very entrepreneurial to have gone on to have tried to sell these rights and it's true I agree with you this is how businesses are run basically you find a product and then you sell it for more expensive yeah. right but then he also, I don't know, like, and then there's a little note which I didn't mention, which is that he had re-offended while on probation for other offences, including theft. Oh, theft. like he stole stuff, ah? 
Oh, yeah, like he has other. Oh, okay, okay. That's beside. Okay, I didn't know that lah. That is that's besides the point. Okay, okay. Honestly speaking, I'm from a neighborhood school, and in my neighborhood school, there are kids that are like you know very quiet, quiet. Then like they're academically they're doing well and everything, but honestly, right now if I look around me, right, the very successful friends uh, or schoolmates that I have right, are all the very naughty and mischievous kids huh? like all the bad results and like teacher cannot tahan but really have a lot of ideas and very very creative know how to look for loopholes and stuff and those are the people that are really making and they are great human beings as well it's not like they are like evil or anything it's just that the, their brain works in different ways I'm very worried in our society that we clamp that down we want to be an innovative and digital and you know forward thinking country right then we I think we need to also give uh, children like that like an opportunity yeah. second case of fraud so uh, we've talked about this as well in a previous episode the trace together tokens and you can hear our views on it uh, we're not going to go into it like both of us have our, our views on the privacy issue of it but you can see that in the previous episode. But today we're going to talk about fraud. And so some Singaporeans allegedly modified the Trace Together tokens very creative. So some removed the battery and others even swapped the QR code with that of another device. So they have been really highly criticized. Like some people called them thick-headed. And it's not only... it's It actually puts other Singaporeans at risk, which is why like the people who are very upset about it are very upset about it. But it's also... Did you know it's also a crime. Any deliberate or mischievous act to tamper with the token is a criminal offence under the Computer Misuse Act. Okay, the offence uh, the offence carries a jail term of up to two years or a fine. The mischief disrupt a public health service can be charged to mischief causing disruption to a key service which carries a jail term up to 10 years or a fine. Basically, they are saying that they can you can be put into prison for 10 years la, for trying to hack or alter or disrupt your token. La. I firstly would say that it's obvious that people are very unhappy about the token. There is a a thread on Hardware Zone talking about how to modify the tokens. Apparently people are talking about changing QR codes, even how to block the Bluetooth signal to prevent it from working as intended. Many of these people appear to be against the use of the tokens. I think it's just, I feel like it is, is almost like an outcry and a reaction because the government said we didn't have to collect the trace together tokens and now we kind of have to, right? I don't know. I mean, I feel like, yeah, the punishment of a jail term of up to two years and a fine of up to $5,000 is quite harsh. I don't know whether they are actually really going to enforce it, but the law itself... The sentence is quite harsh. Uh, before I say my view, there is also a survey done by YouGov and it actually shows that almost half of Singaporeans actually are unhappy and don't want to carry the token. Only 50 plus, 53% are okay with the token. So it's really very dividing. First of all, I would say, and I accept it like we've talked before, uh, I, I don't like it, I don't want it, but at this point of time, I do, I do understand it and I accept it. Um, also, like they are saying that if we can do this well, like this is like the carrot and the stigma, right? So the carrot is if we do this well, phase three will come earlier if 70% of people take it. But I do think that it's a bit hard-handed, right? Because like it's sort of compulsory. Like if you want to do certain things, then you have to carry this. And I think like the number of people that are unhappy are increasing. And I feel that this is what happens when you are heavy-handed, right? People you like in, in a family, right? If the father is like, no, 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 cannot do this, cannot, must do this, must do this, you will be like, you have no choice or you get beaten or you just keep quiet and you try and find ways around it. And when people find ways around it and then you are heavy handed again, then people will be even more upset and then they will try and find more ways to try and get around it. So it becomes a vicious cycle. So I'm not a big fan of that. Uh, maybe more explanation, maybe more 
communications, uh, not just like communication by saying that or like, like brainwashing communication. Saying, like, good, good, good. Everybody like it. We have to do this. But like, tell tell us like why it's necessary. Give us some deadlines. Give us some reassurance. Like, talk to us like adults. I feel that would be a lot more helpful than just being so heavy handed all the time. Even the news headline says like trace together token allegedly modified by thick headed Singaporeans. Why must you talk like that? You know, right? Because I'm sure yeah. people that don't want to do it are thinking about like what can I do? Like should I do it or not? They're weighing the option also. So like words like that are not helpful like, if you ask me. I think just to put it in context right was actually by a one mr leong ho nam who is an infectious disease specialist so he says yeah so this was his i think his words he said those who tamper with the token are irresponsible and put others at risk i think i want to have get views lah, okay but uh what do you think of the punishment do you think it's okay or you think it's too heavy-handed we are known for very harsh laws like one of the harshest laws in the world and and to me i'm actually okay with that to a certain degree because if you're dealing with people that are criminals but when you're dealing with like everyone <laughs> like your whole nation right then like why you need to be so heavy-handed yeah don't you trust us don't you want to talk to us don't you i feel there is a lack of a certain maturity that can can exist la, and it shouldn't be that difficult um, yeah, I, I think so. It, this is how you earn trust, what? not by like say, I say one, you do one, you know, but by more communications and more, just more information and more reassuring law. I mean, that's, I think that would be a lot more helpful. Okay, so that's uh, our second case of fraud. Yes. <laughs> and our final case of fraud, it's just not a bit, makes me a bit worried, lah, okay. But so basically, it's our bow. I think they wanted to run an experiment because, you know, we've been trying to move towards cashless payments. They decided to show hawkers old screenshots as proof of cashless payment, like basically fraud, lah, you know, like they didn't actually make the payments, but they just showed the screenshots and they mostly got away with it. Like, I think only two out of the six hawkers that they tried it on thought something was amiss and they actually made it into a video yeah so i mean the hawkers i mean hawkers they are busy right i mean honestly they're really busy and one of them said that his many of his customers are long-time customers and he said even if they really didn't pay take it as i'm giving them a treat which is very sweet line and then one of the other hawkers was very uh i would say very pragmatic he just said we have to continue along this path because of technological advancements there is no choice and some of them are struggling also because the apps are in english and they firstly they're unfamiliar and then secondly it's in a language that isn't their first language for the hawkers right so i think yeah. that's a bit like a bit worrying la. i mean please don't cheat our hawkers ah. we're not telling you this like we're not sharing yeah. this information so that you cheat our hawkers yeah. but more like just just to talk about it and a bit sad like people are trying to scam hawkers what's your thought on it to Andy? be fair like there's no evidence that people are trying to scam hawkers ah. I believe that we are better than that. Are there going to be cases of people trying to scam? Yes, there is. La. But are they going to be significant? I don't think so. Do you, do you know, think that huh? we have a Robin Hood mentality? Like, it's okay to scam comfort DelGro yeah. and Grab. <laughs> companies can. Can I just say, I left my bag and it's this handbag, right? With my wallet and everything in it in Starbucks just two days ago. Someone actually DM me, like tried to find me on Instagram, DM me and actually find, found Terrence, you know, Terrence who was like so 
yeah, privatized his account and everything, but then he managed to find him and DM him also and said, I'm scared Jade won't see her DMs because she gets a lot. Can you please let her know that her bag is at Starbucks? I mean, I personally had that kind of experience quite a few times in Singapore as well, you know? And I think that Singaporeans are good-hearted people, especially yeah. hawkers, lah. Why would you do that? And then, like, even, like, hawkers, like, I often, I often see people, like, give, like, maybe the hawkers gave, like, too much change and everything, and they say, hey, too much, I give back and everything. So, I think there is a, uh, I think Singaporeans are honest, and, and I think that, like, every system is going to have loopholes, you know? Like, even before this whole cashless thing, there are going to be loopholes, but are you going to take advantage of that or not? That's a character thing. And I don't think Singaporeans are generally going to do that. So, I feel like, there's no evidence lah. So that's my thing. It just feels like, okay, because just these few cases, the overarching theme is yes, uh, scamming in Singapore. But the other overarching theme to me, like a sub-theme is they all have to do with technological advancements, like to do with the apps and like cashless payments. Is it that we as a country are not ready um, for such things? I I feel that no, no one is ever going to be ready. Yeah? Because like you are trying to make a change, right? And you're not trying to make a big change, right? So, um, and it's difficult. And, but to me, I feel it's very necessary. And, um, and on this part, I'm actually very on the side of our government that like we should be pushing cashless uh, very as aggressively as possible. Um, of course, there are going to be difficulties, especially at the most grassroots levels, uh, like with hawkers and everything where the language is a barrier when digital familiarity is an issue as well. Uh, but we will find ways to get to that. Like in China, they even like the push cut seller, like sometimes maybe even they don't even have a license to sell on the street, but they have cashless payment, right? So it is it has been done and it is possible. And Singapore is a, is. We can do it. I have no question. Uh, honestly, in Taiwan now, I can actually see that like a lot of places are very not cashless as well. So in many areas, they are very advanced digitally, but in cashless payment, they are very behind as well. And I see, and me just transiting from Singapore here, I'll be like, ha, huh, must use cash, must use... I really feel like the, like, ha, huh, why like that? And it, this is like the, this is just at a, a very low level, but as the higher level, right? All these digital... Um, payment system and everything, right? It's going to help you with your transaction online, bigger transaction, B2B transactions and uh, company to company. When you do deals and stuff like that, it's all going to make a difference. And to me, like this aggressive push is good um, and we should all try and support it. Lah. That's my point of view. I feel like for some reason, Singaporeans have a lot of resistance to change. Sometimes I, I feel so. I don't feel like we're not ready. I agree with you that we definitely have to move towards this. And this is just part of the teething process, lah. Like for example, Comfort Delgro has to like you know clean up the app and stuff like that, you know, uh, to pro uh, prevent all these kind of loopholes. But I think we definitely have to move towards it. Number two, I do feel sorry for the old folks, right? Because um, like some of them may not be as educated, right? Number one, number two, like I remember when my late grandmother was uh, around, right? She's not literate, so it's even harder. You like she will learn how to do things just by like patterns, but you when you can't read, it's very difficult. And then, um, even more reading about the hawkers, I'm thinking, what about those where English is not their first language? So I think it will take time. Like, you know, I got my parents, uh, I had to try to teach them, I know, I, <laughs> it's a bit painful lah. I tried to teach my parents how to use Zoom, because my mom, like, you know, Zooms with her siblings now. And, yeah, but it, it's quite funny, because they will have the funniest angles, and then, you know, like, like, <laughs> yeah. quite Quite cute lah, you know, but I think we have to like just be a bit more patient and try to teach our yes. older folks like how to use technology. That's actually like the, I, I think that's actually like the biggest sign of whether you are a failure 
like son or daughter or not. You know, it's not a giving money. Giving money is easy. If you can yeah. sit down and teach your <laughs> parents or your grandparents tech, computer apps, handphones. Wow, <laughs> I admire you. My grand aunt is in her 70s, right? And she's on Instagram and she does post semi-regularly and I think she has fun with it. So, um, you know, I think that if you can, yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's one way to show filial piety, like, to teach your older... Yeah, lah, and use the... the, the, the what do you call that? Skill... skill what does the government give money on? Skills future credit. Credits, yes! To take your... <laughs> And they do have it in community center, I know. My friend's mom actually is taking a social media course, like how to use social media. So there are such courses. That's our plug. Skills Future Credits, come contact us. We can work together with you. <laughs> okay, with that, we're going to say bye. Let us know what you think. Uh, let us know what you think. If you have thoughts still about Trace Together, if you have thoughts about this guy uh, cheating, comfort down, grow of money, and if you have thoughts about the hawkers learning to use cashless payments, whatever, drop us a line below. Let us know what you think. That's all from us! Bye!